Um, all right, so general conference, what's happening? Did President <laughs> Nelson say goodbye? <laughs> That's the topic of conversation <laughs> everywhere you go. Well, I no. couldn't decide if he was saying he was dying or we're all dying. <laughs> Somebody's going. Good right? luck. <laughs> or there's a sifting, or there's another plague, and this was our one reprieve to be in the earthquake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what exactly happened to me that night, but after conference, I was like trying to figure out different things and, and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, like the spirit just like distilled everything for me personally. And it was like, oh, oh, I, I understand it better now. But so I kind of wanted to do like a quick like no 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 you go back and rewind to what you got <laughs> you can't just start that and then... <laughs> well no like a, a quick two minute thing on like what the spirit was telling me personally and see if it like has any sort of anything for for you guys but so the lord's really been leading me down to it, it started with isaiah and stuff but but studying out the hero's journey. Is anyone familiar with the, the hero's journey? Mm -hmm. um, it's mean, in all our literature. That's what Hercules is about. That's what, it's every movie. Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <every> <laughs> yeah, if you just Google image, like there's a lot to be said for uh, different versions of this and everything, but um, let me. It's all of our um, superhero movies that I don't watch but yeah it's all of those it's it's all the hero's journey yeah so a, a basic rundown of the hero's journey you start out in the known world this upper half of this circle and you get a call to adventure there's some supernatural aid and you cross a threshold from the known into the unknown and that is the beginning of your transformation the, the mentor is usually the one that called you to the adventure, but he helps you through these challenges and temptations. Uh, you know, there's lots of different terms for all of these different things. I'm just using this one because it's right here. But um, through all of this, these challenges and temptations are helping the hero become who he or she needs to become in order to... Um, get through the climax or the the major obstacle in their journey and then there's this transformation this is the time of blessings and receiving of spiritual gifts so that when you go through the atonement phase that you're able to to conquer it as well and actually return home a better person than you were when you started and so this this hero's journey plays out many times throughout our lives if we allow it, right? If we receive the call to adventure and actually act upon it. So here's what, because the Lord's been leading me down this road so much lately, <clears throat> but it never distilled on me, <clears throat> excuse me, until conference when I felt it and, and everybody else <laughs> is texting me and going, wait a minute, did he just say goodbye? And, um, here's here's the thing so i was like huh because in one of these hero journeys let me find it really quick oh i can't even remember anyway uh, 
so on this one, right about here in the after toward the end of the challenges and temptations or the growth phase is what it's usually called. Um, the the mentor or the helper usually dies or moves on beyond um, being able to be right at your side at all times. And so I'm like, huh, is that what's what's happening? And so I went back on um, because, sorry, this isn't making that much sense. Um, so the hero's journey in Isaiah means that this cycle plays out on every single level of the ladder. It plays out for the Jacob Israel level, for the Zion Jerusalem level, for the Son's servant level, for the seraphim level. And so as I was looking at my own current thing, I, I realized some patterns here. A call to adventure. And I consider that as 2018, when President Nelson got put in, and that mentor offered a, a call to which I, I was able to respond. And um, there's, there's usually a, a process here, at, right, where this says supernatural aid, where you have anxiety about the call, or you're like, ah, I don't know if that's for me, or uh, you're just nervous about it kind of a thing. And um, it, that, was, that was 2019 for me, for sure. Like, it just happened. And then when we go from the known world into an unknown world, I consider that threshold 2020 through and through on, on this leg of my hero's journey. Like 2020 was my threshold. And then began my, my challenges and temptations. This is when um, you gain new allies and you gain new enemies. This is when um, you have your three tests of loyalty to God. And, um, you know, it's, it's all about chapter five of, of Isaiah decoded, but, um, this is basically like 2021, 2022 and 2023 in my current phase of, of the hero's journey, that's when my mentor or my helper should be, um, disappearing from my scene or so that I can face my oh it says abyss here my death and rebirth on my own because my mentor or helper has helped me all along the way he gave me the call to adventure he helped me go through the from the known world to the unknown world through the threshold and helped me all the way through all of my uh, three tests of loyalty and it's time for him to to, to go away so that I can do this. He, he's been there every step of the way. You know, like this is where Gandalf dies and goes from Gandalf the Grey to Gandalf the White, right? This is where, uh, I don't even know, all of the different movies. This is where the, the helper steps away for a while so that you can, you can know with a surety that you've got this and that that transformation can happen. And so anyway, it was like this huge thing of, oh, this is why you've been leading me on this hero's journey thing through Isaiah and all of this stuff is the fact that whatever happens, whatever the goodbye was, that I know that I've got this and that I, it, it's time to grow up, take some training wheels off and, and actually do this in whatever sense that might take for me personally 
that my mentor has helped me all along the way and and it's it's time to to face the big battle on on this level of the ladder on this leg of the journey kind of thing so it, it was very comforting to me because i was like oh what is he saying goodbye for you know like all the different things like is he is he getting ready to die or what's going on regardless i i realized that the lord has been preparing me and and it's time for me to to realize that I've got this. It was a very confirming witness kind of a thing. So I don't know if that <laughs> that helps in any way because you know I'm not trying to project the future or anything like that. But um I it's just amazing how the study of President Nelson that we did helped strengthen my testimony so much and and meeting all of you all and, and everything like it, it's all coming full circle and and it's just it is a hero's journey. Like, this is awesome. I, the Lord's in charge of our, our journeys. So that's what I got out of the conference. And I was just like, I'm good. Like, I'm just going to be studying those talks like crazy this next <laughs> six months. while whatever this big looming trial, Abrahamic test, whatever you want to call it is coming. Conference is so great for us to, to receive these these heavenly manifestations and these witnesses of God's hand in our lives. Anyway, that was a lot more than two minutes. Sorry. Uh, I'm just going to shut up and mute myself. <laughs> you guys chat amongst yourselves about general conference. <laughs> well, what did he tell, what did he tell us? I don't know what conference. And I thought it was reiterated in this conference. I haven't been able to find how many instances it was said, but it said if we in the coming days, if we didn't have the comforting power, what was it? I just put it in the chat. We will not be impossible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. So he's been telling that. And now, you know, he said, have that tearful goodbye. So it's like, he's told us what we need to do. Yeah. Not to, you know, I don't know. I had a thought that maybe he wouldn't, it, it wouldn't be, he wouldn't be there, but we might just not have general conference because of worldly conditions. They might not be able to broadcast it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I kind of felt like that a little bit too. I kind of felt like we were on a sinking ship though, but I was like, are we on a sinking ship? Like, <laughs> what is happening? Or is he dying or am I dying? I can't decide. Yeah, and he's told us to hear him. So it's been, you know, it's, they're trying to get us ready mm -hmm. for what's, yeah. what's coming. So it's yeah. like, yeah. And I think this conference was very much pointed toward, uh, looking to the savior and a lot about not so much about contention but just to watch our our p's and q's what we say what we do um i don't know i just it was it was a very powerful conference especially so sunday i thought Sun, saturday oh, sunday, sunday or, oh yes saturday morning was a little bit of a snoozer for me i didn't really i didn't you know dislike it but it wasn't like it didn't grab me like sunday I wanted to just jump a, a couple of the talks like, yes, that was the best. But um, yeah, same thing. It's like, I'm just so thankful we studied all those talks because I just love him so much. And I feel like he's like a relative, like you can't leave now. Like it's just, you know, it's just warming up. You can't leave now. But like you said, I can see that if he's, the mentor that you're speaking of, I can totally see that, but it's like, 
okay, goodbye. Like I've been, I told, I gave you all the pieces you needed to know. Now yeah. act on them because I taught you how to do it. And yeah. I can kind of see that, but I don't know. That was, it was a really strange, beautiful goodbye. Like I was mm -hmm. driving in my car on my way home from seeing my, my mom sick. And so I was driving my car and I was by myself and I was like, I just want to talk to somebody so bad. What was that? <laughs> like, and the whole meeting was just so beautiful. It was just so, I'm so thankful we studied all of his talks because I love him so much. Mm -hmm. yeah. Does anyone remember his very first talk, not general conference or anything, but like his very first talk after being um, inaugurated? That's the wrong word, but put in as, as president of the church. Sustained. Yeah. Ordained, sustained, ordained or sustained. Uh huh. Yeah. His very first talk was from the Salt Lake Temple, right? Um, and uh, that we studied it when we were, we were doing these things, but um, oh, he oh, said- as a prophet, not as apostle. No, it was uh, as a prophet. To, yeah. uh, okay, Jesus I was thinking as apostle. Okay. Yeah, so he, he gives the talk from the temple and he's like, I wanna begin with the end in mind. And- always focus on the temple this is where we learn all of the things and and everything and then what's his very i mean if this is his last talk what's his very last talk focus on the temple and that got me thinking oh so we're looking chiastically if you take that as the beginning and that as the end just go through the book of nelson and work your way back it's all a chiasm and so, I mean, chiasms can start over, right? But it, he completed full circle, that chiasm. It, it's very interesting, very powerful. Well, and then let's start off with Elder Bednar's. Just, I mean, it was like all working up to President Nelson's talk. And then... There was something, one line really caught me. I think it was Elder Anderson's talk where he said that we needed to defend, protect, and safeguard the Holy Ghost. <laughs> was like, wait, what? Like, wow. Like that went back to what El was saying, you know, his quote about you cannot come, you know, uh, survive the coming days without the Holy Ghost. And then Elder Anderson saying we have to safeguard that and protect it um and really what does that mean to live worthy of it you know which is the same thing at least that's what it meant to me like not to offend it not to you know to keep that holy ghost like president nelson's been telling us and then oh my gosh i felt like i was reading um what was the bridegroom book all about the jewish wedding feast uh, when, when elder Bednar was giving his talk and was that like, oh my gosh, talk about temple imagery, right? Yeah, it, it was, it was a poignant one. And like all parables, they can be taken on multiple levels. Like that every time, cause I've listened to it, like what, four or five times <laughs> since then I was like, oh my gosh, it applies there. And, and there, like it, it is such a interesting talk that um keeps perpetuating that parable on like oh it's so good 
Well, he, I don't remember when his first 10 virgins talk was, I had looked it up a few years ago, but, or a year ago, probably a year ago. And he gave a talk and it was all about spiritual preparation. And then in, was that 2020? It was all about temporal preparation. And then this one was like, the marriage feast is happening. Yeah. Dear. Yeah. To me, this was like a trilogy of the 10 virgins that parable that he talked about. And that. of course the bridegroom cometh is, uh, what we're waiting for. You know, mm. that's the pinnacle. So anyway, I don't know. I just, I loved elder Bednar's talk too. And, and then, yeah, president Nelson, that talk, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just really good. They're so good. Have you had time, anyone to dive through president Nelson's footnotes or Bednar's? I mean, cause those ones are amazing too. I haven't went through everybody's. <laughs> it hasn't been time. They just came out. Know, night, they but... were out. Good. Yeah. They came out last night. Oh, good. But yeah. I've been reading. I've been <laughs> I've been reading 50, 25 chapters in Genesis and 19 in Exodus today, so I haven't had a chance. <laughs> so tell us, tell us about his footnotes. It's some amazing footnotes. Um, which one was it? Because I'm, you know, updating the, the book of Nelson. There's like a couple dedication prayers, um, a youth conference thing, and these... Uh, conference talks and they're all just so amazing um trying to bring it up just a second but okay while you do that let's talk about president nelson showing so we just have elder bednar's talk about the feast the wedding feast and then we go into president nelson who shows us a specific clip from the book of mormon video of christ return and then bids us farewell yeah <laughs> it, and what Uchtdorf was saying too, right like because Uchtdorf was like what does how did he phrase it I forget but in so many words Christ is here right now and and since he's here right now this is what he wants to say to you listen it's like wait what did you just say <laughs> I felt like Elder Uchtdorf kind of got a little giddy at one point Mm -hmm. yeah i remember what it was but i remember thinking that's so uncharacteristic of him mm -hmm. um so that was interesting but i want to um it's been brought back to my attention um since conference um about about when the nephites had all the destruction they hear the voice of christ and I think we talked about this early on in book club. So it's been a couple of years, but if you go and look at it, it tells you the year and the month, and then it tells you how long it's been. And they're at the temple and Christ comes and it's almost a year. It's a year from the time of destruction to the time he appears. And so what's really come to my mind is that what were the people doing during that year? They were gathering at the temple. How did they know to gather at the temple? Because they heard the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost directed them to go there. And that's what President Nelson's been telling us. Like you need to listen to the Holy Ghost. 
and we're talking all about the destruction, the bridegroom coming and all of this. And it's just, it just kind of goes in line there with third Nephi. And so those people that show up at the temple, they gather for a year trying to get to the temple. And I just imagine they're surprised when they get there and find other people there. Like they're not the only ones. And I did listen, like I, this was the right place to be. And I don't know. And, and their excitement at seeing one another. And then they have a one-on-one -on -one with Christ. Then he leaves. And so they have this amazing experience and interaction with the savior after all this turmoil. And then he leaves and says, I'll come back the next tomorrow. And then they spend the whole night going to gather other people that didn't hear the Holy ghost mm -hmm. and they bring them in and, um, and they didn't get that same experience with the savior. They had a marvelous experience, of course, but they kind of missed out on a little bit because they didn't listen to the Holy ghost. And so it just kind of brought me back to conference and what president Nelson has been telling us about like, listen to the Holy ghost. So, you know, where to go, you know, what to do and you'll be prepared and you can have this experience with the savior. Well, and then to, on top of that, then he announces more temples. Yeah. And then going back, he said, that's the safest place to be is in the temple. Like, <laughs> like he just keeps saying it and saying it. Like, if you're not getting it, you're <laughs> <laughs> going to try to say like, this again. Let me say this a little more plainly. Like, I mean, are we going to be just in the temple all the time or like maybe I don't know. So who if, was if it? Was that last week that somebody was talking about that? That uh, the Salt Lake it. Temple is going to be 24 hours? That's his goal mm -hmm. is to have it be open 24 hours. Yeah. Well, I just wish they would get St. George done because we've been without a temple for so long. Yeah. I, I am just dying, dying for a temple. I'm actually ready to move just by a temple. I don't care where it is. <laughs> <laughs> Because you can't get in, you really like we can't even really get into a temple unless yeah. you drive to Vegas. Yeah, so. I thought it was interesting that Vegas is getting another temple. Like, what? Yeah, where was that? It's on the other it. side. It's on the other yeah. side. I, I forget what the you know, thing is called. Do you know what's it's interesting? In the northwest. You know what's interesting oh. about that is I had a friend that was at the temple just like last week at Vegas and they said, raise your hand if you're a visitor or if you're in this district, you know, if you're not in this district and everybody in the entire endowment was a visitor. And they're like, thank you for coming. I'm like, well, when St. George gets two temples, they're gonna have to step it up. It's <laughs> yeah. hmm. interesting. And then like looking at Mexico, city right like holy cow that's gonna that's yeah. the new corridor uh utah corridor it's the mexican corridor like yeah. all those blessings right there i can speak to that because we lived in mexico city and let me tell you travel in mexico city it took us at least it's i would always leave an hour early to get the kids to um mutual mm -hmm. and sometimes i still didn't make it in time but sundays it took us 10 minutes or less and one day I, I tracked it to see how many miles it was. It was like one and a half miles. That was it. Like, we do not understand how 
debilitating the traffic is in Mexico City. And we were there when it was getting um, worked on and we were there for the rededication. And so we were able to go for a few months. And let me tell you, getting to the temple in a car was so hard. I can't imagine what it would be like in a bus. Mm-hmm. And so when they announced, and that's why I think they put a temple at the Beni Medigdo at the MTC because the missionaries couldn't get to the temple. It was yeah. like an all day trek to get to the temple. Like we cannot even imagine the traffic there. So to put one on all the four areas around Mexico city will be such a blessing. When we moved from there to Panama, I would say the traffic was debilitating in Mexico. There was so much to see and do, but it was so debilitating. Panama, the weather was debilitating. It was so hot and humid. Um, But I couldn't help but think of the people in Panama. Like I could leave my home. I worked at the temple and I could be sitting for prayer meeting before it started at three o'clock and I could leave my house at 2.40. And I talked to some of the temple workers because the bus didn't go to the temple or even up that road. They had to walk like two miles up an incline to the temple. Um, And they would have to go to the bus terminal and change buses to get to that point. And some of them to work at the temple or go to the temple took them two and three hours on the bus easily. And so when I would leave the temple, I would pick up people walking from the temple and take them to the bus terminal because it saved them so much time. It was just right there. But we do not even comprehend how hard it is for others outside of the U.S. to get to the temple in those countries. And so I was so happy because that temple in Mexico City was very difficult to get to traffic wise. So I'm really happy for him and what a blessing. Yeah, so much. Yeah. Okay, did you find what you were looking for? Um, yeah, so I found like the, the footnotes and everything. Um, but something caught my eye too. I, as I was going through his second talk, the one overcome the world and find rest. It's interesting. Oh, sorry. Um, this story that he says, um, experiencing their love, so Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, experiencing their love is vital, as it seems that we are accosted daily by an onslaught of sobering news. You may have had days when you wished you could don your pajamas, curl up into a ball, and ask someone to awaken you when the turmoil is over, and I don't know why, but like immediately my brain went to, oh, President Nelson knows exactly how that feels, right? When we were studying his um, earlier conference talks, um, when he lost those those two daughters, right? Yeah, the, yeah. Wilbur Cox, I think mm-hmm. is his name. Um, but anyway, he like curled up in a ball in his pajamas and, and cried all night. And Dancil patiently waited and then was like, are you done yet? you got to get back up get to work you got to do this kind of thing or whatever but how interesting that um the his talk is overcome the world and find rest that there's a lot of rest but it's not the rest that we typically think of you know it's not just slacking like you know um endure to the end kind of thing but this is the holy work the rest is 
is a work phase, but it's it's the rest of the Lord. And um, just such an interesting talk with some of his other conference talks as a perspective, because he alludes to them so much throughout there. A lot of his footnotes are just referencing previous talks of his as well. Um, I'm trying to find... Oh, um, this footnote when it's, I think it's in that same talk. Um, see the account of King Lamoni's father in Alma 22, especially uh, 2218. Like, look that one up in context of how he's presenting that in this. It, that, that's a footnote right there. It'll, it'll take you a, a good week to study that one out. It's on my to-do list. Um, I found this one very interesting. Um, this is, I believe, in that same talk. Um, he references President David O. McKay, and he said that the temple... In the temple, we take a step-by-step -step ascent into the eternal presence. And that's quoted in, in Truman Madsen. I found that a very interesting one. Um, he doesn't have like hardly any footnotes for the temple talk, which I mean, it's, it's pretty short. But, um, but the heavens are open. Uh, it's so chiastic of his whole presidency. Uh, very interesting. Um, but his <clears throat> with Matthew footnote for there is, is excellent in the context of how he's presenting it. You'll just have to pour over him. But um, one of the, the best footnoted talks, I think it's actually, uh, was it the Liahona this month? Anyway, it, it's an amazing one on the word chesed. So good. And, and the footnotes are, there's a ton of them and they're all amazing. I know that's not general conference, but <laughs> just a sneak peek. I, I'll try to get that out tomorrow. <laughs> the revised pages of them. But yeah, what else from conference stood out to you guys? Kathy didn't like Saturday morning. That's fine. That was my favorite session. <laughs> I already talked about um, Elder Holland's talk that I love that. Yeah, I was, I was in the kitchen. Did you did you talk about that already? Uh -uh, we uh, haven't. Uh, so powerful. And oh, I just it just hit me right in the chest. Just boom. I mean, he he's just amazing. Yeah. I, what I, uh, what of it did like summarize it just a little bit remind like i'm there's so much my head's just swirling it's like what did he say well he was talking about he um he he met this guy on a plane a lot many years ago and he and the guy on the plane asked elder hall and why uh, our church doesn't use a, a, a cross you know to exactly. to symbolize the the crucifixion and so he went on to explain and he made a joke and he said, so I'm going to finish that story because the guy, you know, looked at his watch and said, okay, well, I got to go now. And it, it was just the most beautiful explanation of, of why we don't wear crosses and to affect that the atonement is everything to us. 
everything and I'm not going to do it justice, but then another thing that I thought was really profound. I mean, maybe you guys remember his, his talk to uh, about the the whole BYU scandal and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the LGBTQ thing and, and that he was highly criticized because he used, he says, and it, we have to get our muskets, you know, and defend this, and we will. And they were like, oh, he's an apostle, you know, he shouldn't talk about violence or whatever. But they, you know, I just think they just missed it. And so the way I interpreted it is he gave kind of like a jab to that, and basically in, in different words said the same thing, like, uh, it's between a man and a woman. And that's it. He didn't say it like that, but that's, he kind of like went back to that. And mm-hmm. anyway, that's, that's what I remember. Yeah. I'd forgotten that he was one that talked about the cross. That was a really good talk. One of the quotes that I remember from his talk, and I, I haven't gone back to listen to it again. So um I'm not sure the background on this, maybe somebody else can remember, but I, but I wrote down this one quote, which I really loved. And he said, I will not offer up to Christ that which costs me nothing. And that really impacted me that, you know, that, that what we offer to the Lord has to be a sacrifice for us. And it, it is not given um, lightly. You know, it has to be something that cost us something. And, and that, that just really impacted me. I love that quote. So does that take us full circle back to uh, last hour and fasting? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, that, and, and that's just one line. I know I have right. to go back and, and, and I want to read the text too. You said last night the text came out. I... Mm-hmm. Oh, I just that man is awesome, and oh, and just just while I'm speaking, we were talking about Jesus being the most intelligent. Intelligent. Uh, I was reading Neil Maxwell, Elder Maxwell, and a quote from him. He was saying that Jesus was the most intelligent being ever on this planet, and I just I love. Neil Maxwell too. <laughs> he's yeah. he's just he's awesome. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that in. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. That's why I don't like to give talks because I'm not that intelligent. I'm always afraid <laughs> I'm going to say the wrong thing. And then somebody will come up to me and say that was false doctrine, and I'll go, oh, "You're right, it is." I don't mind talking with you guys, but I don't like being up in front of people. <laughs> so can I love what, what I'm sorry, what the sister said about uh, giving something of value. The Lord wants it to be something of value. So I, I wonder if anybody has their idea of an example about that. I mean, other than money, um, things to sacrifice that are, I guess it's I think, different I, things for, go ahead. 
I'm sorry, I cut into you. I have a really bad habit of doing that. I apologize no. to everyone in the group because I have a horrible habit of doing that. I get so excited about talking about the gospel that I just can't <laughs> hold it in. It just like that. works out of my mouth. Um, for me, I think, and I don't mean it in a judgmental way at all, but just like what people are spending their time on. Um, for me, um, and it's not just sports and it's not just entertainment, but it's just everything. Like if you really are studying the gospel and you're really on the temple and you're really studying, come follow me and you're really doing your book of Mormon work, you really don't have time for all that. If you have a job, if you don't have a job, you might have more time, but even, even if you don't have a job with family history and everything, like, I really think it's a lot about your time and where you put, where your heart is. And that's the sacrifice. Like, um, you know, we could all right now, we could all be in the movies or we could all um, be at a game or we could all be playing a video game or, you know, curled up in a ball watching Netflix. But like, I haven't had, and I'm not tooting my own horn. Don't, don't think that I am because I was a really bad Netflix binger for a, a couple of years. And now like, I don't have time for that. Like, and I, and you don't even want it. I don't even, I mean, just now and then I'll watch a cute show. Just like, I love to watch like Christian shows. Just I'll just look up a Christian show on YouTube or something. But like, if you're really doing everything to prepare to see Christ, you really don't have time for all the other stuff, in my opinion. And I'm not putting, I'm not putting myself above anyone. I have a lot of things I could work on. I think I actually work too much, like physically work too much. So I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm above that, but that's just my answer to your question. Well said. That was awesome. Well, <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, Chelsea quotes from Hollenstock. The lives of our people must be the symbol of our faith. I, I, that's huge. That's powerful, isn't it? Well, and then going back to lectures on faith, I don't, which one was it, Cameron? A religion that requires no sacrifice? It's either six or seven. I yeah, don't know. Well, I'm going to get those confused. Yeah. Pretty sure it's six. I think it's six because I think I missed seven. Um, yeah, like, and that's what we, that's what we um, covenant to do is to sacrifice. Our whole life should be a sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's our talents. It's, I mean, it's, it's so encompassing that, yeah, really, if you're really living the gospel, you don't have time, especially now, to be doing all that. I just, to me, it, I, I, I don't look around and, you know, judge people, but I just think, how do you have time to even do that? Like, people have season tickets to these games and that and the other. And I just go, I don't, I don't think, oh, you naughty person. I just like, wow, how do you even have time? But then I'm not the best, like I said, at time management. I work too much. and But there's just so much, even just food storage. Like, yeah, we all might have plenty of food for ourselves, but are you, do you have enough for your neighbor? Like, right now I'm dry packing food for my daughter <laughs> as we talk. <laughs> it's one of the best side <laughs> projects while you're participating never ending every time that thing beeps i'm like oh crap <laughs> i think another thing that we can sacrifice is comfort 
because I think that so many times the spirit prompts us to do things that are uncomfortable, like just for an example, sharing the gospel, bearing our testimony, inviting someone to, you know, to church or um, giving someone a Book of Mormon or, you know, something like that. And it's uncomfortable for us. And so how many times do we say in our mind, oh, that's, you know, they're not going to accept that. Or I don't know if I feel comfortable doing that. Or, you know, how many times do we do that and we stay in our comfort zone? We don't sacrifice our comfort for our Heavenly Father and what he has prompted us to do. So I think that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah, awesome example. I just wanted to say that. Um, so like, what was everyone's favorite talk, like of the whole conference? Was it President Nelson or was it, uh, one of these that we've mentioned? Like, what would you vote on as your, your favorite one, like your marching orders for the next six months? Like, I think, I think my, for, sorry, go for it. <laughs> okay. I think for me personally, it was a series of, hmm. of talks. I think um, President, no, Elder, Elder Bednar's talk, and then President Nelson's talk right after, and then that closing song right after, all three of those in succession had such a deep impact on me that I just, I mean, through that closing song was like the, the crowning glory on those two talks. And I just, I don't know. And I mean, pairing that with an experience that I had about a week ago, um, I got in an accident and it was a quite, quite a bad accident. And um, whereas I could have lost my life and, mm. and then hearing those three and really seeing Zion and and feeling just the love of Zion and our heavenly father that it was it was life changing for me just that just those three things along with you know the experience that i had had the week before and it it was so impactful for me anyway that was my personal experience mhm awesome I didn't know you had an accident, Cindy. I'm glad you're okay. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. <laughs> I'll tell you about it. Well, I don't know. I, I, I want everyone to share. I don't want to take away from the spirit. But but I agree with you. That was the, my thought too. It's like, how do I choose between Elder Bednar's and President Nelson's? And they kind of went hand in hand. And then the closing song, like I just, and what's amazing is I'm not on Facebook that much, but how many people not in any groups I'm in recognize the same thing. Like they were people mm -hmm. saying president Nelson's talk. And then that closing song, I just cried. I couldn't stop crying and crying. And, you know, is he saying goodbye? Is he just so many different things? How many people have recognized? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't even so much the, 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 um, God be with you till we meet again. Not that one. It was, it was let us all press on. 
both of those uh, people have yeah. oh my gosh it, you know and just the beauty of that song and the love that radiated among I don't know I just feel like we were all even though we weren't all there we were all just surrounded with this energy of love for each other and for a heavenly father and it just was it was really really powerful for me so yeah I loved it it I was the one time you wished I'd been in the conference center yeah I've been several times but I was like oh I wish I'd been there oh, I've never been I never had a desire <laughs> on a conference in person like uh, when we lived out of the country if you showed your passport they would always give you tickets so we would yeah. always go in October and it was more that my husband wanted to go because we'd get in there and those chairs are so comfy everybody went right to sleep so <laughs> <laughs> oh anyway <laughs> um. What other favorite talks, or was that the pinnacle for everyone? I feel bad I said Saturday was a snoozer. Don't judge me, you guys. It just wasn't my favorite, but it wasn't bad. <laughs> now I feel what, guilty. Oh, the Sunday morning or Saturday morning? Saturday morning was just a, it was a little average for me, but I love, love, love the rest of it. I love even the, there was a couple of them that I really loved. I even love the one about the Monet, about how he grew his garden and painted the pictures and how we should make our world like that. And I was thinking about how we build Zion and how we put love into things and how we, I don't know, that talk just was like, almost like romantic, like those scriptures she was just reading. Like, I just thought it was really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think like, some of my favorites were um, Tracy Browning's. I think that was like my favorite of conference. That was good. Mm -hmm. that I, was, I keep about her. It was really deep and, and profound. I don't know. It just touched me in a different way. Um, Ronald Rasband's was like, holy cow, the, the Book of Mormon. Like, I felt like that was like the Lord kind of what's chastising me personally or whatever. Like, you know how how the the church is under condemnation for treating the Book of Mormon lightly or whatever, like that principle, and and it was just so profound. Like the Lord was like, "Are you listening? Because you're doing the same thing." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, okay." <laughs> so anyway, that was my call to repentance. And then Tracy Brown is amazing. And then I really loved Quitnell Cooks uh, right at the end. I did too. I, I found that one so profound. Can remind us about his talk. Um, well, like he was talking about Alma's three sons, right. And, and the counsel that he's given to each of them and how that pertains to the latter days and how we can consider ourselves as those three sons and, and applying those principles. Um, I'm looking, he has so many footnotes, 24 footnotes in that oh. one talk. I haven't went through them yet, but, um, powerful marching orders for mm -hmm. the, the upcoming days about the two um the anger and the lust you know and how we gotta get control of both of those mm -hmm. so good 
There was a lot, what? there was a, a lot of thing besides um, Christ is the answer. There was a lot about unity, right? Which is Zion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot uh, about. There was so much tribulation talk, Zion talk in this conference. Like anybody that's been missing that in previous mm -hmm. ones, like here it all is. <laughs> yeah. One thing, one thing that he said that really um, was profound to me, what he was, he was talking about the degrees of glory. Yeah. And he was talking about the celestial glory being of the sun and the terrestrial glory being of the moon and that the moon shined borrowed with yeah. borrowed light. Right. Yeah. And so that was very symbolic of who was in the celestial kingdom. And that was that was just really eye opening to me and, and impactful. I, I thought that was really, really beautiful. Well, not beautiful, maybe not as the word, but very interesting Im imagery you know very profound imagery is yeah. that a call to get your own testimony and stop standing on yeah. borrowed life right? i think absolutely so. yep yeah. absolutely because he offers a stinging rebuke somewhere in there about living on borrowed light like it, it's fine for children right i mean you, that's how you, we grow but if you persist you will not stand at the last day yeah. kind of thing like i mean it's it's huge so like studying his and bednar's talk with with the marriage uh feast and, and everything like it it comes down to you're invited or like okay so bednar's example right of he's offered clothes why are you not wearing your clothes like that they were offered to you freely like it, it's not enough to uh it, that open rebellion is is not going to to fly with, with God. We're we're right. offered to be actual light bearers, not just borrowed light reflectors. Yeah, that reminded me so much of our conversation last week about garments. That's all I could think about the whole time is like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> put your garments on. <laughs> put your garments on. That's what I was like, almost screaming at the TV during the conference talk. I'm like. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're not <laughs> and that was that was the first impression I got when I when I listened to that that talk but as I went back and really studied it today it just the deepness of that <clears throat> and the layers in that talk were <clears throat> excuse me were just so profound and so deep I mean that that talk was you could probably study that talk for a long time and just keep getting more and more out of it yeah. so yeah, yeah what a great talk that was um i had this experience one time where um we would walk every morning and we walked one of the ladies that walked with us was the young women's president and she was really upset she was older uh, she was a grandmother and had still a young son at home a couple of kids at home and um she said that in um, ward council, she was asked to do something and I don't remember what it was because that's not the importance of the story. But um, the counselor and the bishopric was an attorney. And she said, we can't do that. The handbook says we're not supposed to do that. And he goes, give me the handbook, I'll find a loophole. And yeah. she was really mad. And I feel like that's kind of where we're at in the church. There's a lot of people just trying to like I technically obeyed I technically mm -hmm. did what I was supposed to do yeah and and mm -hmm. 
um, and the prophet, the apostles are trying to get us to the point where we're not technically sliding by. Mm -hmm. There's more to it than the technicalities, you know? Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah. I've always, okay. that it just always stuck with me that like, don't be like that. Don't, it's not, not the technicalities. It's what does the Lord want? Should we, should we bring up for the strength of youth? Cause there's been a lot of people not happy. Oh, really? I haven't heard any. Yeah. I heard good things about it. No, not, not that they're not happy about it. They're unhappy about how the, for the strength of youth since the sixties has been changing and how the church is like good for the people now, but feel bad for the ones that were marginalized like back in the day yeah women that were made to feel mm -hmm. um you know unworthy or mostly it's pointing towards women i think and there's a lot of pushback on that mm. like it's about time the church figures it out and stops pointing fingers and shaming shaming and guilting people all these years and there's i've a, also oh sorry no i was just gonna say there's a post that someone wrote with pictures it's kind of like animated cartoonish looking and how it's changed and then what the pushback is about it and that you know good for the church now but they haven't really made up for what they did in the past i just it's that persecution of the church right there's yeah. always yeah happens no matter what the brethren do or what christ does there's always people that are unhappy and that's just kind of interesting well some people are always going to be in victim energy they're just right they they they're always the victim or they're taking the victim it's just victim energy and it's not right. a prospering energy it's a oh. it's a poor picked on me it's not a it's not a move forward no. there's always going to be people like that right right Anyway, I just, I didn't know if anybody else had heard those things going around. I've heard that. And then also there's, there's, uh, seems to be people that feel like the church is loosening the standards and mm -hmm. allowing, you know, saying things like anything goes mm -hmm. now that, you know, you can make your own choice and whatever yeah. you feel like is good for you, you do you, you know, and, and if you want to see an R rated movie and you feel good about that, then go ahead and do it. Blah, blah, blah. And, and I did not get that. Although there's some people that got that from that talk, but I got that. Um, he is heavenly father is trying to get these youth to realize that they need to make certain choices because they know that they're the right choice and not because they're compelled to do so. And, you know, it reminded me of Elder Renlund's talk several years ago when he said that Heavenly Father doesn't want us to, you know, be obedient, um, you know, on the obedient servants on the living room rug or whatever i can't remember the exact words but he wants us he want he doesn't want us to do right to he wants us to choose to do what is right and i feel like that is 
the direction that they're going with, excuse me, with the youth is to helping them figure out how to choose to do what is right and to know to do what is right. Because we know that in the last days, they are going to be able to, they're going to need to be able to know how to do that in order to survive. Yeah, so, I think it's really similar to ministry, like how they loosen, like we don't have to call and report, blah, blah, blah. But look how, like for me personally, how much I've grown knowing I just should minister everyone. I don't have just two people. I'm supposed to minister. Like, I feel like it's kind of the same, Cindy, don't you feel like? Yeah, it's like absolutely. pushing them to grow and make decisions instead of follow rules. It's yeah, like a higher, absolutely. it's a higher order just like, I feel like it's the same as ministry like yeah. all the spirit yep I I agree I think I think it's all just about agency you know and it's about hearing the Holy Ghost let the Holy Ghost tell you what to do don't don't make we're not going to tell you mm-hmm. yep yeah I love that. so anyway well anything else from from conference before we finish up and wrap up for the night it's been such <laughs> it's a long three hours, isn't it? <laughs> you were doing that before though, weren't you? On some like Sunday and yeah, other night all of my time that. So now it's taking it and instead of doing it three times a week, I'm only doing it once a week now. <laughs> Good. Good for you. But it makes it longer we, for you guys. <laughs> we appreciate you. <laughs> Yep, yep. So yeah, if you ever get confused about the schedule or anything like that, hop on Learning Zion. Uh, it's all updated there. Uh, I'll keep all of the, the videos posted and, and all of that. Um, but if you have any questions or, or whatever, uh, let me know and we'll, we'll try to shoot from the hip and get it fixed. But um, so Sunday is, is our next one and uh, we'll be doing same format. That's the, the longer homework assignment for the topical guide it's the life summary of jesus christ and then we're going to be what is the is it i think it's like isaiah again isn't it i think it's jeremiah isn't it now yeah it's jeremiah and something let's see sunday october 7th okay i think it's it's the same come follow me yeah, it's the, the same one. It's Isaiah 58 through 66. Um, oh, that's right, because it changes on Mondays. Oh, yeah, yeah. it changes on Mondays and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll have Isaiah one more week, and then we'll head into to Jeremiah. Um, and then miscellaneous, if we want to talk about general conference or whatever, uh, feel free to hit whatever days are, are good for you. <laughs> We're just going to kind of see this schedule out for a month or two and see if it works and anyway um it's been fun we'll we'll catch everyone next week <laughs> all right have a great week thank everyone. you thank you bye, bye. guys bye. Good to see you thank you everybody thank you bye